Welcome to God's Love Revealed Podcast. I'm Ellie Caswell, along with Jeff Williamson, and I want to share with you how I went from self-punishment with no true identity to a mutual knowing in Christ and finding an eternal identity in Him. Jeff is a licensed professional counselor with a master's in marriage, family, and child therapy from Fuller Theological Seminary. He's been in practice for over 20 years and specializes in intensive, short-term, dynamic psychotherapy. God has taught him profound spiritual dynamics which have led believers to a true freedom. It's our hope to reveal the truth and life of God's love manifested through Jesus. Psychological, emotional, and spiritual freedom is possible through the true knowing of Christ. In today's podcast, we're going to take a very incredibly profound passage by Paul that has to do with our justification, how we're justified by faith. And Paul, as with so many of his arguments, is almost like he's presenting a legal argument in a courtroom. Hmm. It's almost like a, a defense um, on our behalf um, that Jesus died for our sins and we no longer have to live in the punishment. And it's a profound, profound passage. The point of this podcast today is to take that uh, argument that Paul is making and look at it through the lens of attachment, look at it through the lens of closeness with Jesus. So that's sort of an introduction. I know that's not going to make a lot of sense until we get into it, but uh, Ellie's going to read this passage and then we're going to take it and we're going to look at it from an attachment perspective. Okay, so this is Galatians chapter 2 starting in verse 15 and going through verse 21. We ourselves are Jews by birth and not Gentile sinners. Yet we know that a person is not justified by works of the law, but through faith in Jesus Christ. So we also have believed in Christ Jesus in order to be justified by faith in Christ and not by works of the law, because by works of the law, no one will be justified. But if, in our endeavor to be justified in Christ, we too are found to be sinners, is Christ then a servant of sin? Certainly not. For if I rebuild what I tore down, I prove myself to be a transgressor. For through the law I died to the law, so that I might live to God. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not nullify the grace of God, for if righteousness were through the law, then Christ died for no purpose. Now, this is obviously an incredibly profound passage that, at least for me, speaking for myself, I'd have to go even right now and read it over and over and over just to even have these words and their meaning and all that they do penetrate my soul. My mind can barely even comprehend what's really being said here. And so this is my point. I want to look at the words of Paul here, which obviously refer to Jesus from an authority point of view. In other words, let me give an analogy as we go into this. Let's say your dad has a very strong, strong conviction about some topic, a political topic, a way of looking at something. And we know this about the dad. We know that 
your dad has this conviction, you as a child would grow up in the atmosphere of that conviction. To know your dad would know his point of view. It, it, would, it would be to know his conviction. It would be part of knowing him. The dad here wouldn't be satisfied with a child, whether they come into the same conviction themselves or not, with just having a head knowledge of that conviction, because the, the dad in this imagery would feel like, I'm not fully known. To know me is to know my conviction. It is to know my heart. And that's the way I'm trying to explain that we should look at the Word of God. We're just taking one passage. This is a profound passage, but really I can make this point to any passage. That when we almost separate ourselves and we get into this theological point of view, that we're missing the point. Paul says, I, I'm not sure which verse it is, but he says, be imitators of me. Now, what does that mean? When Paul is being trained up by his teacher, you got to think again, like you're being trained up by your dad into some apprenticeship. It could be anything. There is a point of view. There's a theoretical point of view behind everything. Let's say my dad is a musician and he's trying to teach me music theory. My dad is going to have a particular point of view, a particular conviction. He's going to point me to certain um, musicians, and he's going to look at it in a certain way. We have really left as a society and a culture an apprenticeship model. Paul understood an apprenticeship model. He understood discipleship. He had dis a disciple. You know, he had apprentices. But he was also a student of the master, no student is greater than his master, but once trained up, will, trained up will be like his master. So when we say, when Paul says, be imitators of me, he's saying, be trained up by the truth. Be trained up. You know, anybody could study music theory. It's on a piece of paper. But if you have somebody there with you, and they're a musician, and they're passing this down to you. They're, you know, everybody looks at music theory just a little bit differently because it's a part of their soul and how that translates to the instrument. It's the way we need to look at the Word of God, that we are being trained up as Paul was trained up, trained up as athletes, running our race. We are trained up by the Word, who is Jesus Christ. He is our teacher. So there's very much an attachment-based apprenticeship model going on here. And it's not just the better way to learn. It's a knowing of the one who's teaching you. This is an opportunity to know Paul. It's a way to know Jesus in more depth. When we meditate on the word, we're actually meditating on who Jesus is. And the reason I think it's important to take this passages, it is such a beautiful theological, almost legal argument that you can almost miss the great, quote, music theory that's behind this. And, and, and the master, we could say that Paul is as a musician, to use that imagery, that Jesus is. And this music is a, it's a way of connecting with, it's a way of being known, and it's a way of identifying with your teacher, we can lose the attachment implications if we get too removed and too theological. Paul would never have wanted that. That's not how he's writing these profound things. He's not sitting in a separate way from Jesus, just, you know, 
pontificating. That's not what's happening. He is trained up by the word. He is trained up by the spirit into this maturity that we see in Paul. I love what you're saying. And I've never thought about it that way. Like, would you say, tell me if I'm interpreting what you're saying, right? Paul knows his instructor and he knows like his style of teaching. Yeah, yeah, I like that. And, um, you know, he's a disciple of Christ. He is a, and he's also a teacher himself, but to be the type of teacher that he is, he has to know his master and what he loves. Yeah, that is perfectly said. Yeah. I feel like that's missing so often today in the church and in interactions that we have with people. It's like, we know, like we know the actual teaching and like what you're saying with music theory, like we see it on paper, but it doesn't really, it doesn't have life when it's just like on paper. Right. You have to know like the instructor and like you're saying their style Yes. and you can really know their heart yes. and their passion. Absolutely. I love that. That that's perfectly said. You you have to know the instructor's style, which we could say is their heart in a sense. Um, yeah, that Paul is teaching with Jesus's heart, and then that passage, uh, that verse. If you could find it real quick, um, what does it say? I know it's no longer I that live, but uh, Christ. How's that worded? Yeah, it's and the life I now live in the flesh. I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Oh, here we go. I have been Christ I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. So we could say, see, that's that's the essence. You know, in a way, Paul could say, it's no longer I who live, you know, in, in this separate sort of way. I am a student of my master. Um, I'm using the music theory analogy because uh I'm a musician and I watch these modern jazz players and they'll talk about that they studied under Ray Brown or Ron Carter. And these, you know, Ron Carter and uh, Ray Brown are these upright bass players who they have these workshops and they, they take students and they, it's really an apprenticeship model in an intensive short-term dynamic psychotherapy. Habib Davinlu is a an MD who came up with this approach and he has workshops. He has, uh, he'll invite clinicians to come and, and study on him under him. And I love it because it's so old school. You could say it's such an apprenticeship model. And it's interesting. These modern jazz players who, uh, bassists who are talking about, you know, studying under these guys, they're not name dropping. It's almost like they're saying their master quote lives in them. You know, um, it's funny. They'll talk about playing, uh, I don't know, like a progression a certain way. And they'd say, yeah, but, you know, Ron Carter or Ray Brown, you know, would never play it that way. They say not to do it this way. They'll talk like that. Mm. Okay. So that's what Paul is doing with Jesus. And if we're not careful, because we really aren't in an apprenticeship model anymore. And this culture is very, you know, the cliche is the fast food, you know, culture. And it really is. We're not really, quote, discipling. We're not really doing that anymore. And so there is this removed um, way of teaching that is not really connected to the master. As we go through things that Paul is saying, we must understand there's an incredible bond. Paul is I love what you're saying. It's not just the, quote, music theory. It's not just the theology. 
It's the style, his style. And, and again, if we take that verse very, very literally, we've talked about this in previous podcasts. So I want to build upon this. Um, again, if you could read, I'm sorry, the lives in me. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Okay. We've talked about how um, there's those who believe in Jesus and they will be raised at the last day, but Jesus makes the distinction. But those who, those who there are those who believe and live in me and they'll never die. See, they're already trained up by their master. Really, he is alive in spirit. He is alive in, in the Holy Spirit. He is the Spirit of Christ, Spirit of God. Okay, so when he's saying something incredibly profound, we could just read this and think of it so theologically. No, he's being literal. And I think, I think oftentimes Christians they read what Paul writes and they're like, "Oh wow, Paul is so profound. Let's what can we learn from Paul?" Rather than Paul is just an example yes. of his dynamic and his relationship with Christ. And that's always what he's pointing to. And I feel like we miss that. We don't go, oh, what should my relationship and my dynamic look with Christ? That's right. Not well, how is the way that Paul is living, like theologically, like how is he, what is he doing that like... That's right. I and, should do. And Paul is very emphatic. Remember, he's offended. He's like, did I die for you? Did Apollos die for you? You know, I'm not the master. I am a master student. So Paul really keeps Christ alive. You know, I'm going to use again my analogies here. Ron Carter, Ray Brown, Paul Chambers, these are, that would be like the Jesus. These these are the guys who, you know, kind of paved the way. Okay. And then you've got these students. So once these masters pass on, then the student could say, you know, I was trained up under Paul Chambers. Well, if you're a bass player, you know what that means. There's a certain way of playing, a certain style that you know, okay, if they're trained up by Paul Chambers, you instantly know what that means versus Ray Brown versus Ron Carter. Paul is keeping alive the style of Jesus Christ, the way he discipled. Yeah, Paul is a different person, so it's going to come through him in a different way. We, what Paul is saying when we are to be imitators of me, he's saying, don't like, not imitate him directly, imitate how he is trained up by his master, Jesus Christ. So I, you, would say, you know, when I uh, speak about the word, like we're talking right now, I would want to show that the word is alive in me. The understanding has a connection to my master, Jesus Christ. He's my teacher. He's my master. I'm like Paul, now, no one's going to be Paul, right? Everybody knows Paul is the star student of star students, and he was meant to be, all right? But I would say I am watching the relationship between that star student, Paul, and the Master Jesus Christ. I am watching it. I am observing it. I'm saying, okay, Jeff, don't get a big head. As you're learning from the style of the Master who is Jesus, Paul didn't die for me. No, and that's exactly what I was thinking. Paul would never want to take any credit. He said that. Yeah. He said that, you know, but, but Paul would say, Jeff, okay, if I start to say, well, you know, um, Paul, I see your, you know, how you're picking up a Jesus, but I want to kind of do it this way. I think Paul would rebuke me rightly in that class, so to speak, and be like, are you kidding? Like, you know, I'm the star student here, Jeff, not in pride, but he would be like, you know, give me a break, you know, or if I, let's say I was getting a little bit of an attitude with the teacher, 
you know, giving Jesus, so to speak, or the Word of God a hard time, you know, get what I mean, this image, right? I think Paul would be right there, not to be teacher's pet, but he'd be like, get your butt in line. Mm. Okay? Yeah, I mean, um, the teacher is exacting in the good sense of the word. Yes, G- Jesus is not, you know, playing around, but don't, you know, don't think for a second that you can... Um, you know, give Jesus a hard time in his teaching, you know, Paul would be right there to say, no, you know, study up, get it together, get your attitude right. Okay. Like a big brother pointing to quote, the dad who's giving you this style, who's giving you all of this, um, what impression of the theory, you know, in, in and of himself. Hmm. And I think that could be a little confusing when we hear in the Bible, it says, Paul says, be imitators of me. And we're like, well, what part? Like, yeah. is it his relationship with Christ? Yeah. How that looks? Or I think sometimes people take it as, like, they quote Paul. They're like, well, Paul says this about himself, so we should say the same things about ourselves. Right. Like, oh, wretched sinner that I am. They, like, take that and be like, well, we should live in this, like, self-condemning, like, self-punishing way. Like, we're going to struggle with, you know, all these punishments, like depression and anxiety. Like, that's normal with being a Christian. That's right. Being a Christian. And I love that clarification because we almost get this idea that Paul is, like, rigid with himself. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, let read again, though, what he's saying here. See, that's where we always go, like... We want to get this idea that Paul's like rigid with himself, you know, like he, like he's training himself up, right? You can imagine him down at it, you know, let's it, we'll stay with the music idea. And he's, you know, practicing theory and he's just writing this down and he's, you know, kind of like, you know, be imitators of me almost in this self-reliant way. Okay. Mm-hmm. How does that make sense with what he's saying here? What does he say? Um, well, the last part in the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not nullify the grace of God, for if righteousness were through the law, then Christ died for no purpose. See? He's bringing, he's, I'm, I'm not going back to this rigid law mentality at all. I'm alive in Christ. Um, in the first, uh, I think is what, uh, first 15? If you could read that. We ourselves are Jews by birth and not Gentile sinners. Yet we know that a person is not justified by works of the law, but through faith in Jesus Christ. So we also have believed in Christ Jesus in order to be justified by faith in Christ and not by works of the law, because by works of the law, no one will be justified. So this idea that Paul, like you're saying, is like wood shopping himself separate than the master is not the proper understanding of Paul. That is not what Paul means is like be imitators of me, like I'm sequestered in some kind of way away from the world. And I'm, you know, just like ultra rigid on myself, practicing my scales night and day. That's not what he's doing. Um, again, a, you know, a student is not greater than his master but, or teacher, but once he's trained up, he will be like his teacher. Mm-hmm. So, okay, let's mm-hmm. look at the dynamic. Jesus is the master. Paul is an apprentice. He is a disciple. Now, let's say he's the star apprentice. The greatest compliment that Paul could ever get from his master and from any of us is, wow, Paul, you so knew the master. 
You soon you knew his heart. You knew his styling. You know this stuff was just backward, forward, inside and out. It was alive in you. His teaching that you apprentice carried on the torch with your letters, with through the you know inspiration of the Holy Spirit. That in a way, by having you teach us, was having Jesus. That would be the greatest compliment Paul could ever get. Mm-hmm. Okay. So in that sense, he's our teacher. He's an apprentice, but he carries on the heart of what Jesus is saying. And here the heart of it is we are justified by faith. It is no longer we who live, but it is Jesus who lives and abides within us. Now, and we, I just want to uh-huh. say like, and Paul, on that note, like Paul is always giving the power to Christ, and that always has greater power than any sin that's yes. in us or any um, any fear that we would have or any any other power. It's always Christ's power is living in Him, and you know He says in, in Romans, I don't know, I don't remember where, but. Oh wretched man that I am! I do what I do what I do not want uh-huh. to do, and That's right. it's like you think, oh, is that like a struggling inside of him? Um, and I remember, yes, we kind of talked about this, yes. and it's more of his recognition of his weakness, his, his fallenness, weakness, his fallenness. And see, no, you're proving it right now. Here I'm teaching, and I believe I'm teaching in spirit as. Paul taught, okay, you're sort of my apprentice right now. Now, look how you're anticipating just by talking out loud. Read verse 17. Look what you're saying. But if in our endeavor to be justified in Christ, we too were found to be sinners, is Christ then a servant of sin? Certainly not. For for if I rebuild what I tore down, I prove myself to be a transgressor. For the law, I died to the law. Oh, I'm sorry. For through the law, I died to the law so that I might live to God. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ look, in me. Look, mm-hmm. so you were anticipating that. You're anticipating that argument right there. All right. Now that, again, we don't even have time here to say how profound and deep everything he's saying here. This is like, we could take one verse. What he is saying is so literal. It is so profound. And this is just talking about justification. We don't even, we're not even going to how this affects our sanctification and how we live after we're justified. And see, great uh, uh, point you're making there, quote, apprentice. Because really what Paul is saying is justification should naturally lead to sanctification. In other words, really he is anticipating justific- uh, sanctification when he says, it's no longer I that live, but it is Christ that lives in me. I, In other words, Paul is saying, I'm going beyond just believing. I'm living. And when we, that's the distinction he made with uh, Martha. He said, Martha, do you believe, you know, those who believe in me? And he, Jesus says, I tell you, Martha, those who believe in me, will be raised at the last day. But I tell you, those who believe and live in me, okay, that, that's a picture of sanctification, that I'm alive in my master. I'm alive. His words are alive to me. They resonate within me. They're not just you know, words on a piece of paper. I am identified with my master, 
okay, just like these uh, bass players. I'm identified with, you know, Paul Chambers, Ron Carter. They throw out these names, okay? I'm identified with him. I play in that style, okay? I'm identified with Jesus Christ. And what is so beautiful about Paul is Paul says, imitate me so that you know you're in the styling of the master. Look how I speak. What would we do without Paul? What would we do without that star student, without God's wisdom to say, here comes the master in the gospels, but then he brings along this star student, this apprentice. How would we know as an apprentice that we're on track? And then also how, and and again, being on track would eventually look like you're stylistically like Jesus. Paul is stylistically like Jesus. He knows the truth. The last Adam, that Jesus is the last Adam. He is the groom that died for the bride. Um, he knows the the heights and and the depths of Jesus's love. He he understands um, everything that we've been talking about here. You know, he he knows um, all this stuff inside and out. And that's the way you would want to be trained up because Jesus knows everything inside and out. Now, you get what I mean. No one's going to be Jesus and no one's going to be Paul. But we should strive for this example, as Paul says. Yes, everything you're saying. And then I love what's happening here because we're just talking and you're anticipating the arguments just in spirit. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, I mean, just thinking about... I mean, there's so many different ways you can interpret and so many different ways, so many different parts you can focus on in this passage and you know that's left up to the reader yes how they read it and how yes. they apply it to themselves and how they want to apply it to their life um if they want to just apply it to the, their life or they if they want more and to apply it to an actual relationship with god that's right when we read the Word of God, we are relating with Jesus Christ Himself. Jesus is the Word, even through Paul. And and I was just thinking, like, everyone relates to Christ in some way, like either or to some extent, right? Yes. As a believer, when you read the Word, when you hear the Word, like, you're always, um, like, filtering it through this. Yes. Um Yes. I don't know. You're, you're, you're right. It, you're right. There's always a dynamic. I'm going to make mm-hmm. a comment. Um, maybe it'll be a bit controversial, but I guess at this point, I don't really care. So I'm going to make this comment. So much of what I hear with modern Christianity, when I hear Christians speak, you know what it sounds like? You know who it sounds like their master is to me when they speak? Hmm. Quote, Christian Values. Yeah. That's who it sounds like their master is. Their master is Christian values. So I love what you're so saying about right. sin here. And that that argument right there that Paul is making counters that kind of way of thinking, which is like the foolish Galatians going back to that kind of way of thinking. So many Christians, when they talk, their their master is Christian values. Well, we need to get back to, you know, and it really, honestly, it's also like American values. Yeah. Okay. When I say I am identified with my master, I am not identified with Christian values, though I am a sinner. I am identified with my master. I can say my master, my teacher is Jesus Christ, and every day I strive to be trained up by him more. I am eternally grateful for Paul. Because Paul shows what an apprentice is supposed to look like. 
He shows what a true disciple is supposed to look like. He is trained up and identified with his master. He's like, I didn't die for you. Don't say, you know, I'm a student of uh, Paul and this one's a student of Apollos. He's like, what, what are you talking about? We're all students of Jesus Christ. Don't do that. Don't say, you know, I'm a student of Paul back then or Apollos. Don't say Ray Brown or this person or, you know, or I guess my analogy breaks down. Or don't say, you know, some student, John Clayton. Um, you guys don't know this, but John Clayton was a student trained up by Ray Brown. So don't say, Jeff, you know, uh, you're a student of John Clayton. No, say John Clayton wouldn't like that. Uh, you know, he would say, Jeff. He doesn't want to take the credit. No, he would say, no, no. Say you're a student of Ray Brown. That gives me more credit. Okay. You're a, you are a student of Ray Brown and I helped you, you know, show you. Okay. Paul's saying, no, don't do that. You, you, Jeff, are a student of Jesus Christ. He is your master. Paul has helped you to come into that knowing of Jesus Christ. And I'm saying that would be the greatest compliment you could ever give Paul. Be a student of Jesus. Be alive in him. Don't just be a believer. Do not be a student of Christian values. Be a student of Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior. Thank you for joining us today. If you found this podcast to be insightful, please subscribe to our show and share with someone who would enjoy listening. And we look forward to meeting here with you again soon.